Hi everybody, my name is Rob Scott from UC Today and welcome to another monthly edition of our Microsoft Teams news update. So just before we get started, I just want to give Ribbon Communications a quick shout out for sponsoring today's news update. So today I'm joined by Tom Abuthnot, UC Solutions Architect, Microsoft Certified Master and MVP. Great to see you again today, Tom. How are you? Yeah, cheers, Rob. Yeah, doing good. Thanks. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, another month passes, Tom. What's been happening in the world of Microsoft Teams? Yeah, so quite a bit. Always, always is something to talk about. Um, first thing on our list is the Microsoft Teams consumer version. So we talked about this a few months ago. Microsoft teased that it was coming, but now it's officially in public preview in the mobile apps. Great stuff. So that's uh, that's publicly available now, so we can download that and and get going. Yeah, on it. yeah. It's interesting that they, I mean, it's very aggressive to just launch it in mobile apps. So it's not yet in desktop. It's not yet in the web browser. So you have to, it's mobile first at the moment. Those will follow later in the year. Um, but again, it speaks to this kind of agile mindset of Microsoft now. They're just like get something out there, see how people use it, and iterate. Um, and, and the pitch here is kind of like a prosumer type story. So it's. I take my family or my group of friends or whatever it is, I'm organizing a holiday. And because I can do chat, I can do video messaging, uh, I can do um, files, I can do task lists. There's even a password manager in there. Like it's kind of like a bring your family comms or your social comms together in one place. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how well that lands. I mean, people are used to, you know, they'd have WhatsApp for their chat, they probably have skype or zoom for their consumer video they'll have LastPass for their password manager they probably share their files on dropbox or something like that but the, the pitch is you can bring that together in a single app yeah and i suppose it's where the marketplace has it's got enough space for another consumer app like this uh, mm. it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and whether they you know will release any numbers at some stage or whether they'll just stay quiet on it, but uh... yeah, and do do people want <laughs> do people want that joint experience? Because actually, the App Store model has kind of got people into the mindset of a button does a thing. When a button does six things, seven things, eight things, do they do they get that? Can they teach their entire family that that's the philosophy? Uh, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, as you say, very interesting to see, and uh, and you know, quite. Um, uh, again, an interesting play for Microsoft. So, uh, yeah, keen to uh, download that and uh, give that a play. So next up on the list, we've got um, more video participants coming to Microsoft Teams. Tell us more. Yeah. So, again, we, we've, I think we teased this on previous podcasts. Microsoft hinted it was coming. Massive Zoom feature is lots and lots of people concurrently on the screen for video. Um, and there's different debates about this, about do, do you need it, don't you need it. But two really strong use cases we hear about are education where teachers want to see all of their students and it's just to see that they're paying attention engaged at the computer that kind of thing um, and also we've heard it from execs as well that want to do like a uh, kind of board meeting type scenario that goes above three by three which is the current limit again they want to see that everybody's attention is there and they're engaged and they can get the non-verbal cues so microsoft have now confirmed that 49 participants which is a seven by seven massive grid uh, is coming uh, preview this month June uh, and it'll go GA sort of kind of August uh, or full time in American terms like like so uh, early H2 um, for everybody not they, they focus the blog on education because that's where they see the primary use case but it is rolling out to all tenants it's really interesting that isn't it because 
you know, we use Microsoft Teams every now and again as well. And what I see when I, I'm entering a call now is this kind of screen being quite dynamic um, and it's kind of moving around and it, it seems to settle down after, I don't know, a, f a few moments. Uh, do you see the same at your end? Yeah, so Microsoft are working on like trying to be clever with the layout. So if you've got eight people on a video call or on a call, I should say, but only four are using video, why would you put the active speaker in a great big black square and take up all the real estate when they're not using video? So do you make that video participant up per permanently? And like a, if you've got five people, then a, a nine by nine grid with loads of black spots is not really a great idea. So they've kind of got this two by two and one sideways. So that they're trying to think through like optimal layouts for different configurations of people. Um, and as you say, it's very dynamic at the moment because the client is making some decisions around optimal layout, who's speaking bandwidth. So it's interesting. Yes, yeah, so it's actually quite cool and, and potentially an edge there that Microsoft have got over Zoom because I think Zoom just shows the, the black screens if, you, if there's no video. So uh, for all hands meetings and as you say, classrooms, I can't imagine what it's like trying to control 20 kids or 30 or 40 even on a screen at the same time. But, uh, you know, a great use case uh, for that um, for that application and feature that they've just released. So hats off to Microsoft for doing that. OK, so next on the list, uh, Tom, uh, we said we'd talk about Cisco SBCs. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know whether we should be talking about Cisco on our podcast, but uh, oh, it seems to be... We're all friends these days, right? That's how it well, works. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it certainly seems that way. I'm hearing more and more about this kind of relationship and how it's developing. So tell us, tell us more about this kind of SBC uh, thing that's going on right now. Yeah, so there was a last year's Ignite, there were some formal announcements about Cisco and Microsoft and Microsoft and Zoom playing a bit nicer. So being able to join each other's meetings. Um, and part of that announcement was Cisco are a very big player in network gear. They're obviously a big player in UC. And one of their lines of products is session border controllers. So techie, techie stuff, but those are the boxes that connect your phone lines or your SIP connection to your service. Um, lots of people will have them with what the Cisco PBX, Cisco Call Manager. So this is Microsoft and Cisco working together to formally certify Cisco's Cube uh, session border controllers to connect to Microsoft Teams, which means that someone who is a Cisco network shop with Cisco network gear and SBCs could configure them to connect to Microsoft Teams to be the phone connection. So your phone user phone numbers go through the Cisco Cubes basically. Okay, got it. So um, that's quite an interesting play from you know, Cisco's perspective you know, to get involved in, in, in that Microsoft world. And I suppose in the age of, uh, it's certainly in this age where security is a big issue and it's a top priority for, for business leaders. Um, I imagine uh, Cisco is a, is a natural choice for uh, an SBC nowadays. Yeah, it's a pragmatic move on both their parts. I mean, for Microsoft, the upside is if someone is wed to Cisco gear, they can still get teams in the mix. Um, and for Cisco, if a customer is going M365, they're probably going to go teams. You don't want to force them to go to another session board of controller vendor for supportability. Um, so the interesting bit is the middle ground where you've got a traditionally Cisco controlled customer who runs uh, WebEx and Call Manager and has all that stuff. 
that is starting to use cases for teams so they're going to be mixed mode they, they like their cisco ip desk phones they've spent a trillion pounds on desk phones they're not going anywhere for the foreseeable investment cycle but they've got sales people on the road and they've got home workers and they teams is great there so it opens up this opportunity to have both in play and have them call each other but it also sparks up that competition about which is the dominant uh, messaging platform, which is the dominant video platform. Uh, and that's where part of the story comes in as well, is Cisco are doing a first party cloud video interop service, which will allow Cisco video endpoints to connect to Microsoft Teams meetings. Uh, you can already do that today with uh, BlueJeans, Pexip and Poly. But again, this would be a first party offer from Cisco. So Cisco, where accounts may be going towards Teams for, for desktop video and collab, they can hold on to the high-end video rooms and video stuff, um, or, or at least be competitive against the Microsoft options. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's loads going on between kind of Cisco and Microsoft. I even heard this week uh, that you know you can now connect uh, WebEx calling from Cisco into a Microsoft Teams environment. Yeah, uh, uh, and natively dial essentially, so you can dial external numbers using your WebEx calling platform. So that, that's a that's a really interesting move as well. So. Loads yeah, up. I mean, it's it's nice them working together. The, the 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 proof is in the usage of all this stuff, like taking the marketing, but then trial it, because um, there are pros and cons to each of these options, and you just need to be going into them eyes open. But it's great to see. I mean, they're both massive in the market. It's great to see them being pragmatic with their big joint customers, because lots of the big accounts are obviously Microsoft on the desktop and Office 365 and very, very often Cisco in infrastructure networks and traditionally IPTUC. So they come up together in accounts all the time. Yeah, and I can, I can imagine that's you know certainly going to take some of the pain away for CIOs and, and people involved in obviously you know developing these plans for infrastructure going forward. So, okay, so next up on the list, uh, Tom, we said we'd talk about uh, or certainly you would talk about collaboration uh, bars from Yalink and Polly. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so since we last spoke on this, Polly have GA'd their collab bars, uh, the X30 and the X50. And these are um, kind of, if you think, a soundbar looking device with a video camera in the middle. Um, and before that, we spoke last month, I think, about Yalink GAing their one as well. So these bars are now in market. They give a really interesting option for a kind of huddle space. Um, obviously, in world events being world events, huddle space is an interesting concept at the moment. So it's, it's more like personal video room space and potentially like a high-end work from home scenario, like I want a dedicated unit. Uh, we've had that for a while in Cisco World. Cisco had their own dedicated telepresence kind of units and they've just launched a new one actually i think where it's like a, a, a full-time collaboration endpoint this could be a similar concept for a home worker as well so are these two devices pretty much pretty much the same or what are the classic differences between these these two brands yeah so that, that's the, that's the really interesting part where you need to dig in is microsoft control the software in this experience so collaboration bar is a type of bar from Microsoft is in a specification a third party vendor needs to meet and they run Android um, and they run a Teams app. So the app experience and the, the is largely controlled if not completely controlled by Microsoft. Then the hardware vendors come in with their cameras, their proprietary technology around 
framing and audio and those kind of things. Um, so there's, there's there's a comparison to be made between the Yealink and the Polys around you know, end user experience, quick kits, cost, uh, SLAs, all that good stuff. Um, the other big comparison in the market that people are getting their head around is you now have Microsoft Teams rooms and you have Microsoft collaboration bars and they're quite different uh, in terms of functionality and in terms of architecture. So the collaboration bars are trying to hit a more aggressive price point, more in the huddle space, um, all in one type units, Android based, uh, patched from the cloud and the Microsoft Teams rooms, which are Windows based, um, inherit a lot of the benefits of Windows. So they can do dual screen display, they can do some clever stuff around whiteboarding, content camera captures, um, their 1080p video transmit rather than 720 on the collab bars. So if you're going down this route, it's really important to understand that you'll see Microsoft marketing about Teams room systems, don't automatically assume the collab bars can do everything Microsoft are talking about in their marketing, because their marketing will be talking probably about the clever features on Microsoft Teams rooms, and some of that will be on collab bar, but not all of it. Uh, so that's a really interesting point, well made. And so if I've got, if I'm reading you correctly, then you know you would you would kind of put the room kits in a more kind of, a, a kind of medium to large you know room environment. And maybe the collaboration bars in a smaller kind of huddle space, uh, small meeting room environment. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it's always one of those ones where you can stretch either use case. So, uh, you know, you could potentially put a Microsoft Teams room in a smaller space, but that's certainly Microsoft Teams room can have multiple cameras, structured audio, separate amp ceiling tiles, like it can stretch to a proper boardroom. Uh, the collab bar is definitely your kind of two to four people tighter space it sits on top of the tv all in one unit yeah and, and and odds are enterprises have got use cases for both got it got it well really good point there and uh you know we've we've got the links available in the description if you want to follow up on that and find out more um okay so uh last on the list uh, to talk about today was kind of teams on windows vdi uh tell us what's happened there Yes, yeah, so many months ago, we talked about uh, Citrix VDI being certified for Microsoft Teams. So VDI, as a quick reminder, is streaming your desktop experience from the cloud or from a data center. So you have a fairly low compute basic terminal that receives the, the video um, and all your desktop and intelligence is in the cloud or the data center. Great for like, uh, I need uh, data security. So like my laptop is a dumb terminal and everything is in the cloud. Great for, I need really fast swap out of kit like uh, traders. If the PC on the desk pops, I need to pick up exactly where I left off, like like zero downtime, that kind of scenario. Um, but security is often the dominant feature. It's like, well, all my data stays in the cloud and I just stream an image. That's great for some scenarios, but pretty horrible for UC because we want audio and video to go from person to person on the shortest path, not via the data center. So Citrix developed some technology to have the audio path be on the local terminal, video path be on the local terminal, the data center stays for the desktop. And now Microsoft's own native VDI team, uh, which is called Windows Virtual Desktop from Azure, also will have that supportability. So it's interesting, again, to see Microsoft being fairly uh, pragmatic about We've got our internal solution, we've got Citrix, but whoever comes to market first, whoever does the work is there. They don't put their own teams in front of third parties where it makes sense. Um, but lots of people were waiting for the Azure option to have a native Teams experience. 
Yeah, it's really good. So that's on public preview now. Uh, so if you want to follow up on that, uh, you certainly can. Um, great stuff. Okay, so just to kind of round uh, today's session up, um, we thought we'd be, we would. It's certainly worth a mention that Commsverse is just around the corner now. Um, so if you're looking for a Microsoft Teams event, it's not live anymore. It is a virtual event now, uh, for obvious reasons. But um, Tom, uh, you're going to be speaking at Commsverse as well. So uh, three good reasons or three good yeah. sessions coming up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited for this one. It's it's it's, it's actually got bigger. It's been an online event. So uh, at the time of recording, I think we're 12 days out. By the time this launches at the start of the month, we'll be uh, only a few days out, 6th, 9th of July. Um, so much work has gone into doing all the different sessions. I'm doing a governance session, I'm doing a myth-busting session, um, and there's some really big hitter speakers from Microsoft as well. So if you're hearing this podcast um, at the start of July when it drops, you've got a few days to get signed up. Um, there's an option for some on-demand sessions. Everything that's live is free, but I would, I would strongly recommend hitting it and, uh, and catching some of the sessions. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you see today our media partner for the event. So we're going to be covering the event and kind of hopefully giving you a bit of a, a roundup at the end of the event as well. But there are some fantastic sessions, um, all Microsoft Teams, some great speakers, uh, including Tom uh, and some cracking the executives from Microsoft are joining the, uh, the event as well. So um, absolutely must have or must attend event. So, hey, Tom, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for joining me today and uh, sharing another kind of uh, long list of Microsoft updates and, and good things happening in the Microsoft world. But uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. If you've enjoyed today's session, uh, do give us a quick like or share on social media. It's always appreciated. And if you want more information on Microsoft Teams, do visit Tom's blog at tomtalks.blog. We'll be back again next month with more Microsoft Teams news. Thanks for watching.